Welcome to this week's episode of the Thinking Big Podcast. Our goal as married entrepreneurs should be to have a happy life and a healthy business without killing each other. And today I welcome Robert and Kaylee Fukui to the podcast. Robert and Kaylee run Power Couples by Design, really coaching us how to have better balance between our businesses and our marriages. They have walked a mile in our shoes as a power couple themselves, and they have created tools that allow entrepreneur couples like us to thrive and prosper under any circumstances. They host the top-rated Power Up podcast, and their brand new book, Tandem, is being released this week. Oh, I can't wait to get a copy of the full of the full book. So today we're thinking big on our relationships and our businesses, and we're even going to discuss many of the things that I did wrong along my journey as being an entrepreneur. Welcome to the Thinking Big Podcast with Sean Osborne, the show helping you think bigger into your life and potential. Sean believes by equipping you with the tools, strategies, and philosophies required to be successful in all aspects of your life, you can achieve anything you believe in. Empowering our own growth makes a deeply positive and lasting impact on our lives, community, and our world. Now, here's Sean. Well, Thinking Big, we have a very special episode for you today and something that I have never done before and I'm a little scared <laughs> because I don't know how this is going to turn out. But today we have three guests on the podcast. We have Robert and Kaylee Fakui and we also have my talented and beautiful and gracious and loving wife, Amy. <laughs> you better keep buttering up. Come on, Sean. Keep going. Keep so, going. <laughs> and... To start things off a little bit, you know, one of the things that me and Amy went through, uh, I'd say 20, 20 something years ago, is we started our company uh, back in the 90s. And after we sold the company, and it took a lot, you know how you know entrepreneurs are, we, it, it takes a lot of work. And after we sold the company, Amy swore that she would never, ever, ever again work with me work for me. We had no time for the family. We had, so we, we actually, we, we really should have been the poster kids for your, for your new book tandem, because we, I'm telling you, we did exactly, or I did, it was just long for the ride. I did exactly what you're not supposed to do. And really that, and that's why I wanted to get you guys on the podcast is because you guys literally for a living, you go out and you assist married entrepreneurs on how to have that work-life balance. And I think with all the people that are either having side hustles, uh, you know, people, even if, even if they have a career, most people are going and doing side hustles and they're, and they're starting businesses. And most of the time, like with Amy, the spouse normally gets pulled into it one way or the other. And how do you create that work-life balance? And how do you do that? Because again, I'm, I'm the poster child for how you do not... <laughs> Do not do it. <laughs> that'll, that'll be our second book. We'll just make it all about Sean. <laughs> what not to do? Just, just, just do the opposite. Yes. Just do the opposite of Sean, right? <laughs> so I wanted to get you guys on and one talk about uh, your new book that's coming out, Tandem, uh, which is a great, a great name for the book. I, I, th- I thought that was a fantastic name. When you are in business together, it's truly like being on a tandem bike. You've got to be in sync. You've got to be. You've got to be able to communicate. So I thought the the which, by the way, we had a tandem bike, and that's another thing Amy will never get on. After we <laughs> after we got off our tandem bike, she said, "Sean, I will never ever get on that bike again with you." She hasn't. She she keeps her word. <laughs> but welcome, welcome to the show, guys. Thank you for uh, thank you for <laughs> so much for being on. Oh, thanks, Sean, for having us on. Yeah, thanks, and, uh, Sean and Amy. Amy, it's a, uh, an honor to be here with you. Yeah, we're actually honored that Amy chose our episode <laughs> to be the first time on your podcast. Yay, how exciting is that, honey? <laughs> so we, we kind of do that every now and then. It's like this first time that the spouse is is on our show, you know, the, like we interviewed married entrepreneurs, but a lot of times the, the, the owner is on a podcast or being interviewed or something or being front and center, but rarely is their wife or their spouse on and we've had a number of guests on our own podcast where their wife or their spouse it was the first time on with something like that together. So, so we're we're honored that Amy chose our episode to to come on your own, your own show. <laughs> <laughs> Amy, how does it feel to be on on the podcast? I'll tell you when we're done. <laughs> <laughs> this this might be a one and done thing. We don't know. 
But or I, you might find that your audience really loves hearing. Yeah, you know Amy's what? Take. I bet they're gonna love Amy and they're gonna want more of her. <laughs> they're gonna cancel me off my own podcast and just have <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It'll be the Amy show. <laughs> see, I already see it coming. But Sean, the, you're good, but you know Amy's awesome. I love Amy. <laughs> yeah, she's a she's definitely one of a kind. Now, why did you so? I know you guys come from both kind of a professional background. You started doing your company. Is that what drove the book? Is that what, I mean, what did you see out there? Because you do business coaching and that's kind of what you guys do. Yeah. Did you see that as such a big uh, roadblock for people that you were just doing standard business coaching for that, hey, there's, there's something much bigger in there than just the company. I'm saying things from an owner standpoint that they do not have this work-life balance. They don't have these good relationships that we need to have. Yeah, so it's a story. It's just it's just one of those things. One thing led to another. Um, you know, I come from a corporate background, but then as I started doing the consulting, left my corporate job six years ago and started consulting full time. And then, and then Kaylee was already kind of helping me already. But I'm I'm always because of my marketing background. I'm always my mindset is always market research. I'm always looking to learn, even from my own clients. And one things I learned pretty quickly was number one that. The average small family business, they're just working way much, way too hard, harder than they needed to. There's just a lot of inefficiencies in how they worked and how they did things that was missing from what I saw kind of in the corporate environment where we had a lot of structure. We had a lot of SOPs. We're always looking for ways to make things more efficient, more productive, not put more hours in, but how do you become more productive? How do you create greater output without putting more effort in? Um, But that's what I was seeing from the typical small business was they're putting more effort in to get better outcomes. right, And that's just a recipe for disaster. And that's where the work-life imbalance comes from, is just putting more time in. And then of course it impacts your family time. And most business owners, I think the statistics are about 71% of business owners are married. So inevitably that that work, that that hard work, that all those hours you're putting in is gonna affect the family. There's no way around that. And so they would start sharing their family stories and their marital stories. And next thing I know, I'm kind of coaching them. <laughs> in marriage. And I'm like thinking, okay, am I a counselor? Am I a business consultant? Um, So that's kind of, I just start observation just led to, hey, I just asked Kaylee, I was like, you know what? I think there's an issue here that nobody's really addressing head on, that there's this imbalance that's affecting their marriage and and their business, but nobody's heading, uh, taking head on. I mean, there's business consultants and coaches, and then there's marriage counselors and coaches, but nobody's addressing their life as one head on because you can get you're going to get advice from business or advice in marriage but neither of those professionals can really empathize a lot of times with the other side of things right? right and so as growing up the way we grew up and kaylee comes from an entrepreneurial background and she can tell her story about how that affected her life growing up we had that empathy that we said no we got to address this thing head on let's let's be very intentional about how we build the business but how we build your life right honey? Yeah, and for me, a uh, third-generation entrepreneur family, my dad was always working. So the mistress in our family was the business. He works six days a week, and as, as kids, when you're small, even when you're bigger, you want you want your dad to be home. You want to spend time with him. But And then sometimes he would take on extra jobs, and I saw a lot of inefficiencies because I think a lot of time the mindset is we just need to work harder if things if we're struggling financially to make the daily bills we just work harder and then it puts a lot of stress on the family which that's what happened in my case yeah and I think that happens in in many cases and that's I think that's one of the things we if you look at entrepreneurs you know either people that are transitioning from corporate or just you know entrepreneurship in, in general is we think we have to do kind of everything all at once. And it's just, I think it's by nature of an entrepreneur is we have to take on everything. And it's, it's I think it's at our core of, of, of an entrepreneur to just go a hundred percent all the time. And I think that truly, yeah. truly affects us. Now, Amy, if you, if we look back at when we had our company, what do you think was missing more than anything from, from me, from, from the standpoint of being kind of the entrepreneur and, and trying to start and trying to run that, that company? Yeah, let's hear this. <laughs> well, my biggest problem was, is that when you start I'm joking. He's already starting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you start a company, it it's 24-7. It consumes your whole entire life. 
Um, and I felt that I was working all day long with him and then I would come home and I'm a single mom then. I'm dealing with the kids and taking, you know, picking them up from school or taking them to their extracurricular activities and doing all these things with the kids. And Sean is still working. He's not around. And I I feel there was a lot of times that I had to choose. Am I at work with him supporting him or am I with my kids? Always Sean. Always Sean. <laughs> no. <laughs> and so then it's like, you know, Sean can take care of things. Sean can work another hour or two. It's like, no, you had to go home. You have to make dinner for your kids. You have to take them to and from their hockey lessons and all this other stuff. And, you know, kids have a stru- kids need a structure. They, mm-hmm. you know, need yeah. their evening bath. They need a bedtime. They need, you know, all <laughs> you these be clean, things. Really, Amy? You got to feed them and bathe them? <laughs> and, you know, That's just not acceptable. Right? <laughs> yeah. And, I know. So Sean was <laughs> never around. It's like he was working really hard, and I appreciate that, that he was working so hard and and trying to make a go of this business and support our family. But then also you feel neglected, you know, that he has mm-hmm. to consume so much time in doing that and neglect yeah. myself and neglect the kids. Yeah, that's tough. Tough situation for sure. Yeah, and I think if, yeah, if looking we back, I think— Yeah, a lot, unfortunately. yeah. And I think looking back, that's probably one of my uh, top regrets was not learning that I had to let go of some of the business stuff to spend more time with family. If, if I look back at that whole thing, that's probably my biggest, biggest regret is not taking the family more seriously during that time. And as you're working with people and your clients out there, what, do you, what are you seeing some, as, as some of the top things that people regret once they become successful? Well, you know, that that's actually one of the top regrets. I mean, especially when they're the entrepreneurs like in their 50s and 60s, when they start looking back in their life and they start talking about regrets from a business standpoint. Now, there's business issues, but from a life standpoint, the biggest regret is lack of time with their family and even for themselves. <clears throat> and even, which is interesting, a couple of years ago, I don't know if you're a football fan, but uh, I'm a Cowboys fan, <laughs> ironically. <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Jimmy Johnson um, was inducted in the Hall of Fame a couple of years ago. And in his, in his acceptance speech, twice in his acceptance speech, he said his biggest regret was not having time with his kids. And he's got two sons that played football <laughs> and he was rarely at their football games. And here he is, a, a Hall of Fame, well, professional football coach, you know, Super Bowl, Super Bowl coach and all that. And he's not even making to his own kids football games, right? And he, so he said that twice in his speech, in a 10-minute speech, but he said it twice. Obviously, it was a big impact. Um, but yeah, entrepreneurs, it's the, the biggest regret is lack of family time as they're you know back in their early years. And they talk about how they would do things a little bit different then, right? So at least you're still, you know, you guys are still young enough that you're not at that point yet that you can still, you know, um, do things better. But yeah, we don't, what we're trying to do is help people, even younger entrepreneurs, not have that regret in their 50s and 60s, that there is a way to do it better. Because I think they start to notice that once their kids are like age, getting ready to go off to college and they're like, oh my gosh, they have like a reality, like, wow, what happened? Like, I didn't, I wasn't here for all this stuff and now they're getting ready to leave and I don't really know my family. Yeah. And, you know, they spend, and and you know, Sean, you know, Eugene Choi. So he talks about, you know, being in survival mode versus executive mode. Yeah. And the majority of our time, we're in survival mode. We're just we're just reacting to the things in front of us and what we're trying to take care of, as opposed to being in executive mode, when we take a step back and be a little bit more strategic on what we do, right? Have vision of what we're trying to accomplish, but then how do we do this thing better and not just reacting to things? And, and we see that statistically, business owners, you mean before I met Eugene, I, I just knew statistically that 60 to 70% of the business owner's time is working in the business, not on the business. So just another way of saying survival mode versus executive mode, right? When you're working in the business, you're just doing things. You're doing the activities, the things that need to be done. But it's not necessarily the things that are very productive and, 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 and that will help the business grow. Right. right. It's just managing phone calls, customer service issues, those kind of things, employee issues but not the things that are really going to lead to growth. And so that's where you need to spend, as a business owner, you need to spend more of your time into that working on the business or that executive mode. 
and I think this goes for whether you're a business owner. So I see this in in business owners and higher level executives, uh, not necessarily you know the rank and file of, of within an organization or within a company. Uh, but I see that there's not a good whether again whether you're a very high executive or a business owner. I don't think there's a very good work-life balance. I think it's I think it's the same problem whether you're running your own company or you're you yeah. know you're, you're running yeah. a company for someone else. And I normally take people through like a wheel of life. And people, I would be. It's so surprising when you talk to someone, and they'll they'll you know they got a wheel of life, and they're like, yeah, I'm an eight or nine on 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 you know uh, work and career, but I'm a three or four on uh, on my uh, relationships. And it's mm-hmm. like, and and I didn't understand. I didn't realize that how much each of those affects. You know, you you can't be very good at your career and very bad at your relationships or your financials, and it mm-hmm. not affect the entire wheel. And yeah. I think that I think it affects kind of everybody in all walks of life. I mean, I just hear, just you know, I noticed this about six seven years ago. You know, whenever you you, you see somebody, you just uh, you know, you're having some coffee or something with a friend. And or you run into somebody you know, and you say, "Oh, how you doing?" And the the typical response is, "I'm busy." I don't know if they're there, but definitely here in Southern California, the, the number one response is always busy. Oh, I'm busy. Oh, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And he just tell you about how busy their life is and all the things that they're doing. And I will take a step back on. That's not necessarily a good thing. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, it sounds like they're crazy. You know, they're running their life crazy. And so I started, and I, I was responding that way too, because I thought that I need to be busy. Otherwise, people wouldn't think I was, you know, you know, a very good, you know, either employee or salesperson or business owner, that I wasn't, you know, being very productive with my time. But that, so I would, I would respond the same way. I'm busy. And so I caught myself and I'm like, you know what? I don't want to be busy. I want to be productive. Yeah. And so I remember when I would respond, I'm, you know, they'd ask me how I'm doing. I said, oh, I'm being productive. And they're like, <laughs> well, that's not busy. Because you no, can be not. busy doing nothing, you know? <laughs> I'm busy on social media, right? Yeah, busy. And then people time. wear it as a badge of honor, you know? Oh, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. And yeah, they do. Like, yes. They really do. So what are some of the things that you, like when you're working with someone or working with a, you know, with a uh, husband or wife or even just uh, just a business owner, what are some of the things that you do to help them? see how to get unbusy but be more productive well it's kind of similar you're talking about the wheel of the wheel of life <laughs> we do something similar is you kind of just list out all the things that you do in the business and then you look at what are the things what are, how much time are you spending you know you've heard guy Hendricks um with the big leap but you know zone of genius zone of excellence zone of competence zone of incompetence but how much of your time are the things that you're doing how much of that? How much of that stuff is in your zone of genius versus your zone of incompetence or competence or excellence, right? So it's really isolating. What are the two or three things you should be focusing your time on for the for the health and the benefit of the company, versus what are the other things that you're doing? And most of the time, you're spending more things on the kind of you know the working in the business stuff. More time. And so yeah, and so we're trying to we try to isolate. Okay, we need to make a shift from seventy percent of your time working in the business activities versus on the business activities and then shift that to be more 70% working on the business. And so it's really just doing an inventory of where you're spending your time. That's the first step, where you're spending your time. And then the other the other thing too is even before you make that shift to being more productive with your time in the business is helping them establish boundaries between work and home. To kind of Amy's point earlier about how crazy things were and how much time you, you know, you weren't available at home and all that kind of stuff is as we're helping the business and the owners transition to be more efficient in their business. In the meantime, we can establish some healthy boundaries with the time that you do have. How can you make sure that you're dedicating it to spending quality time with your spouse and your family? Right, because we tend to, to waste more time. We just talked about being busy just on social media. We tend to waste a lot more time than we realize. And we have more time than we realize to really be able to be there and being present for family. And so that's the first thing is that's one of the first things we want to do is help them establish some boundaries like no social media, no electronics at the dinner table, um, no taking texts or emails related to business on a on a Saturday or Sunday or something like that, having a dedicated at least one day that is just dedicated to family. So just cr- starting to create some really healthy boundaries 
um, is a great first step to then as you're starting to transition to being more productive in the business. Yeah. And then too, we have like weekly meetings, Robert and I at the same time, Monday at three o'clock every week. So we go over like our schedules, what's going on? Oh, I'm going to be super busy this week, but the following week, you know, I've got all this time for you or, you know, the kids got soccer. It's really important. You be there. Can, can you move things around or, you know, just what's going on with their work day, what you need help with, uh, we give an encouraging word every week to each other, uh, which is, I love it. Yeah, because I'm not good at encouragement. <laughs> you know, I don't know. You know, it's usually in a relationship, one's an encourager and one's just the doer, right? And, you know, especially growing up, I'll just blame my dad because of Japanese culture, you know, men aren't typically give a lot of words of encouragement or affirmation. And so I was growing up with just always being corrected. <laughs> you know, just my dad would notice what I was doing wrong and would let me know. Um, so therefore, I've not grown up with the, the, the model to, to be an encourager. And so I need something like a structure. Number one, our weekly meetings <laughs> is the first thing we do in the meeting is I encourage Kaylee and what she's doing and affirm her. Because, um, I mean, you need that, right? I mean, we all, we all want that. Um, and I'm not good at doing that. So I have to have to have something in front of me to say, okay, now's the time to give that word of encouragement. So that kind of helps start the meeting off on a good foot. Yeah. And then we talk about our goals and some of our dreams and fun things like that. Yeah. Weekly check-ins, regular check-ins is important. Yeah. I think that was probably one of our first mistakes on our company is we did the same thing. We had weekly meetings, but it wasn't of encouragement. It was more like task lists. <laughs> So, Amy, how come you haven't had this done yet? Exactly. Uh, so please tell Amy. I need it just last Tuesday. Can... <laughs> Why isn't it? Not... Oh, yeah, yeah. So it, uh, yeah, we did not, we did not uh, do it like that. And I think that's such uh, such an important thing for even if both, uh, to me, even if both family members aren't in the business, I still think that's mm -hmm. a very important thing yeah. to uh, to yeah. do both ways for encouragement for. Because uh, even so, even if I, you know, I'm doing my, you know, company now, uh, and Amy's, I, I keep asking her, would you like to step in and do some of these things? And what, what, what's your answer, Dormar? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> but we can still get together and encourage each other, right? Yes. <laughs> There's, there, there might be a little, little bit more work to do, but uh, yeah, I think she'll, I think she'll come around here shortly, and. and you keep yeah. telling yourself that, Sean. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm about, I'd say about a week away from her coming into the company and, and taking, uh, taking full reins on some things. That is so, so I got a, I got a question thing. for Amy. I got a question for Amy. Yes. If you could, you know, you know, when you guys were working together, assuming you still had to work together, but if you can do it differently, what would you do differently as far as working in the company with Sean? Is there something that you'd say, either a role you played or the meetings or what What would you... Something you loved. Yeah, carving out passionate. more time. Yeah, just there's something you would have done differently that you think would have been made it a better working situation. The biggest difference between Sean and I is he's this type A personality, very outspoken. I tend to be more reserved, laid back. So I feel like any time... <laughs> You know, Shauna has an idea for a company or something. It's like we just kind of run with it. And I feel like if I had been more assertive, if I had taken more control and actually played the equal part, you know, that we both had 50-50 say in everything that went on in every direction that the company took. But to me, it wasn't like that. This was like Sean's idea and we just kind of ran with it and I'm – Hanging on by the tail feathers, you know. Trying <laughs> so. to hang try on, to survive. Amy, hang on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't get bucked and, off. Don't pick bucked off the horse. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Looking back, yeah, we definitely did not keep it as like a 50 50 partnership. And, and she definitely didn't, did not like performance appraisal times. <laughs> oh, gee. <laughs> I bet that worked out good in the romance department, Amy. <laughs> so, Sean, did you ever not realize I got to go home with her? <laughs> And at some point, I'd like to be intimate, right? <laughs> that it might affect that. No, I think I have. I think I have tunnel vision. So when I'm at work, it's all it's all, it's all work. So no, but I yeah, 
Yeah, I think that would have made a huge difference. And and here's the thing: Amy is extremely smart, and she has some mm-hmm. fantastic ideas. I just never listened. And that's mm-hmm. I think. And as entrepreneurs, especially if you're the type A of the entrepreneur, or if you're the one who kind of had the idea for the company, is there's just as much knowledge from from your partner as yep. as anyone else for mm-hmm. ideas for the company. And I think that's that's mm-hmm. probably the second biggest regret is not uh, taking Amy in as a and actually looking at her as an equal partner in the company. Yeah, and that's that's a great topic because that's the number one. Um, issue that husband and wife teams have um, is being able to come to agree and be able to listen to each other. And so usually the quote unquote, the business owner, right. Kind of overrides decisions. Here's, here's where we're going. This, this is the direction we're going and here we go. Right. And then just the, the spouse just holds on. And as you say, you know, both sides, you are different, but they're also their strengths. You know, it's kind of interesting how when we're dating, those differences really attract us. <laughs> but somehow when we get married, they become conflict, source of conflict, and then working together becomes source of conflict. But do you want, you know, you want different viewpoints, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, every, the great leaders surround themselves with people that don't think like them. Right? They want to hear different opinions. And so they can see things from different angles and then make the decision as opposed to being, having just a homogenous thinking and just here's where we're going to go without considering all the other issues. Right. So if we were to listen more and I and I'll just say this, you know, publicly, and I've, I've said it that I I've learned to listen to my wife more now, Kaylee, more now, especially after making some pretty big financial mistakes <laughs> you know, when when um, she had a feeling that it wasn't the right thing. <laughs> and of course, as a guy, I'm like, well, no, I ran the figures, you know, all by the facts. Trust me. This is a good deal. It's a good partnership or it's a good investment or whatever. And next thing you know, her feeling was right. <laughs> Damn, I hate when that and happens. And so, yeah, I was like, oh, geez. And so it took me a few years to, to, to admit that. But, uh, you know, when it, when it hits her pocketbook, especially in six figures, um, you said, you know, maybe I should listen to those feelings. <laughs> Because it might save you your butt and also make you more money, right? Because, I mean, think about the swing, right? Instead of losing six figures, yeah. you're actually, even if you just don't lose the six figures, you've gained <laughs> six, right? Yeah. And so, um, you know, you got you to gotta listen. The feelings sometimes are, are, are something to listen to. And so all I have to say is, yeah, listen to your spouse, even when they're not working in the business. Um, you know, we interviewed um, the former president of Starbucks, uh, Howard Bihar on our on our podcast not too long ago, and he'll his wife didn't work in the business, but he would always take her along on on these final interviews with some executive they're going to hire. So they're going to take him out for dinner, wine him, dine him. But he would always bring his wife because he said she knows people, and that was a make it or break it. You got to pass his wife's test basically. <laughs> if you don't pass that test, you're not hired. Basically is, is how it came down to. And so she, that's a great example of she wasn't involved in the business on a day-to-day, but she was she, she he took advantage of her gifts, which is just what she senses and how she reads people, right? So there's always a role for the spouse whether they work in the business or not, there's always a role. And you really need to understand that and not had those differences be conflicts, but really help you be complementary to to you, and you're gonna, and your business is gonna benefit from it and your relationship. It's a win-win. <laughs> Looking at, the, at you know at Amy, I think one of her biggest benefits, and what I would love to have her in the business for, is she has an ability to go and communicate and talk with anybody. She could, it could be at a store. It could be sometimes it drives me crazy. She's yeah. But she could. She, Amy, what what is your nickname? The Yapper. <laughs> All right, did you come up with that name, Sean? Uh, I don't know. That, yeah, he I did. think so. <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> but she can, so she can, uh, she, she has this amazing gift that she, no matter where she is, she can out, you know, be talking with people. She can, you know, I just, that's not me. That's, that's so not me. So that's one of the things that she is extremely gifted at uh, in, in doing. Mm-hmm. You it's like It's funny that. you say that. It's funny you say that because that's Kaylee's gift too. And when she was first asking me how she could help the business, I told her, go make friends. 
I'm like, no, really, what do you want me to do? I said, no, go make friends. I'm like, no, I don't want to make friends. What do you want me to do? I mean, relationships is where it's at for business, right? Yeah. And so she's got a great way of, yeah, same thing. You can be in line. We can be in a line at Starbucks. I'm just, I just want to place my order, get in, get out. She's yapping it up with the person behind us. And next thing you know, we're invited for dinner. And I'm like, do you know her? Or do you know them? No. Oh. It's <laughs> like, what, what the heck, man? So, but that, that's a gift, right? Because I'm yeah. an introvert. Probably like you, Sean, and I just, I just. That would never happen. Corner. I, have, sen- I yeah. have similar stories. We were standing in line to vote and I made friends with the person in the line behind me. And Sean's just like, how do you know you're ever even going to see this person again? And I'm like, well, I just made friends with them. So it's a guaranteed, right? <laughs> And it, yeah, so I think, but but I never I never thought of it as a gift. I just thought like oh, it's just my go to. So I never thought of it, and I thought I guess I kind of poo pooed it too until you kind of made me <laughs> honey look at it and revisit it. And I'm like, yeah, I guess that is a good thing. And I I tell that to Amy all the time, and she doesn't understand why I say, Amy, you don't understand how big of a gift that is to be able to go and talk to people and introduce and do these things. It's oh, like yeah. to her, it's just natural, and that's what she does. To me, that's like. How do you I, I, I can't do that. <laughs> can't can't do that. Because I do think oh, yeah. I think marketing, especially for entrepreneurs, I think part of marketing is it's all it's all about relationships. It's all about, you know, who you yep. you know, who you know and, and who you interact with. Now going back, you actually did for a long time from a company standpoint, from a career standpoint, uh, in sales and marketing, right? Yeah. So sales, that's, that's the ironic. I could, I still to this day can't figure out how I got in sales. Because <laughs> as you say, I, I am an introvert and Especially when I was working for Coca-Cola, I was doing cold calls, basically. And that just scared me to death. Right? I couldn't <laughs> so, do it. Um, and somehow I, I did it. Um, I, I did it well. But, well, I yeah. think part of it, too, you're, you're a good listener. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that was my gift in sales was listening. What? Is, <laughs> exactly. Sean's exactly. pointing out one of his faults. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, Thanks we, for pointing that out, I Sean. Think we got that pretty loud and clear, <laughs> even when we interviewed him. You got to push the button, Amy. <laughs> Zap him. Yeah, this, the, the delete button, the censor button. Um, yeah, so that that was, I, I learned that, I started to learn that that was my gift in sales, was just listening, and that I didn't have to talk a lot <laughs> to, to get to close the deal. In fact, the less I talked, the better things went uh, a lot of times. So um, I said, okay, that's my gift. Don't talk. <laughs> so why do you think it's so hard for because obviously you go out and you work so that has to cross over into your current stuff so you're out you know you're working with couples you're working with companies you're consulting on, on businesses why do you and, and i would think that your background comes into that heavily why do you think that so when i'm working with people i think that's the hardest thing for people is the marketing and the sales why do you think so many people struggle with that area of their business because I was not good at it at all. Yeah, I think because in marketing, marketing is actually pretty simple, but we tend to make it more complicated than it needs to be. And a lot of it is because, you know, this thing of marketing and sales, and it's not something obviously natural and most business owners didn't, you know, go to school for or, or learn or get trained in. So they think it's this really complex strategic thing that you had to do so what happens is you start to fall in and buy into the latest and greatest marketing strategy that they're promoting on facebook right and so and then they go from one thing to another and it doesn't work um really what it comes down to what we said earlier is relationships marketing is really about developing relationships and as long as you deliver what you're promising and you follow up with the customer make sure they have a great experience with that and the experience that they say is consistent with the things that you're talking about that you're promising then it's going to go well um, but from the before the sale, you've got to develop relationships and you've got to do it the way that's natural for you. And so if you're just say if you're a solopreneur, if you're by yourself, you don't have a team. Um, if, if, you're, if you're good at dancing in front of the camera, then TikTok's your thing. right? <laughs> but if you're an introvert like me, that's not going to do that, then that's probably not something I should try and do in force. Right. But for me, like right now, the areas in the marketing, the social media that I'm using more is LinkedIn and creating articles because I think I can write decent and I can share things. And and also the platform is is something where the user is there to learn. 
that will click on something to learn something about marketing or for business right. or whatever. You're not going to be teaching somebody on TikTok or, or Instagram or whatever. That's not what they're there for. Right. right? It could be the same target market that is, has an Instagram account, but also LinkedIn. But when they're on one or the other, they have a totally different mindset. And so one, you got to know what, where am I gifted? If I'm, if I am more of a gifted speaker, um, then maybe I'm going to do maybe more YouTube videos. Right. Right. And so, or also besides just, media or social media is how can you just get in front of people in a way that you can connect because the you know the more personal connection you can have with somebody the more likely they're going to buy and so the further removed you get from a personal connection like social media or, or google ads or whatever then you have to reach that many more people for for you to be able to connect with one right, right? because you're not in front of people or they're in a, in a small group or on a stage speaking, or on a phone call, or whatever. But the more, the further removed you get from having a personal connection, then you're just going to have to reach that many more people. So you always think about how can I get in front of people as quick as possible. Um, so and then to be able to then sh you know use my gifts, whether it's in writing or or public speaking or in a small group coaching or, or something. Right. Um, like Amy making friends, or networker. Amy, making friend. Amy would be great at just getting out there and connecting with people because that's what she does, right? And so, yeah, your number one, you know, your number one marketing tool would be Amy. I would yeah. Absolutely. It's like you don't need to spend a bunch of money in social media and Google ads and all that stuff. Is we just use, you just say, who, who should we try and connect with, right? Groups, companies, people, executives, whatever, and say, how do we get in front of them? And where Sean, you and I will be like, ooh, I don't want to pick up the phone or I don't want to go to the office. Amy would be fearless and just go. <laughs> just because she's like, hey, you know what? That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> and so, so anyways, it's just, yeah, you utilize your gifts, not understanding your gifts and where you're, where you're gift, most gifted at. And then you pick the marketing medium that fits that. And so the notes that I took on that was, Amy, uh, I'm going to put you on TikTok. <laughs> Is that what? <laughs> Are you telling her? Amy, would you love to be on TikTok? <laughs> and then the other thing, as, as you make decisions as a husband and wife, is you probably don't want to tell her. You oh, probably, you, this is good. You're good at this one, honey. Probably, I don't know if I should tell people this, but you probably, you're good at this. You probably want to say, Amy, what would be your <laughs> best method approach to, to getting clients? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, get her to buy in like you do with me, well, Denny. Yeah, because she's the one ultimately going to do it, right? Just like any any other thing in a, in a, in a, with your staff or your team, um, to get great buy-in, they have to be involved in the decision, basically, yeah. right? And so it's got to be their decision. <laughs> so <laughs> then they'll own it and then go for it, See, as I, opposed I, to having yeah. Sean go. So, Amy, you haven't made you haven't made fifteen TikTok videos this week. So what's the deal? <laughs> Amy, you're trending down. Come on. <laughs> she's yeah, like no but i met 100 people at the mall yesterday exactly <laughs> yeah and that's something i can't do so who i want to know whose idea was it to write uh, tandem uh the book um you know people had asked every now and then about a book and i just say no because one i didn't know what we we're going to write about um and so the book idea i don't know it just kind of came about naturally and i might have just said hey let's maybe it's time to write a book i think that's probably how i probably phrased it i think it's time to write the book um i don't know whose idea was first but anyways we were actually originally gonna do a compilation we we're gonna have different authors contribute a chapter because i thought that'd be the easiest way to put a book out <laughs> instead of having to write all <laughs> 10 chapters book. Yeah. yeah and we actually had a zoom call with this couple because I guess they were going to ask us to contribute to their book, a chapter. Uh, we didn't know that. But anyways, we told her, told them our idea of the book. And they said, no, you should write your own book first. The, 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 the compilation idea is great, but that should be second or third. But write your own book first because this is your thing. Um, you should set the pace. You should you tell your story. Um, you should you should do your own book first. And that's when they said we were thinking of having you contribute to a chapter of our book. We're going to ask uh, they're going to ask us to contribute to their book. But they said no, you should write your own book first. And so they said oh. And so okay. the title is called Tandem. And mm -hmm. does that have a special meeting or did the <laughs> title come from somewhere? Uh, yeah, yeah, you're making my husband cringe. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so it was actually the title came from the mastermind group that Sean and I 
Uh, I don't know if he told you, but that Sean and I belong to. And so when I was on the hot seat uh, a few months ago, I'm like, you know what, everyone, we need a title for our book. Our, t- our book's almost uh, getting close to being finished, and we really don't have a title. So they just brainstormed um, the title, and they came down to Tandem. because, And then everybody, once that, that title came out, tandem and every a lot of people were starting to talk about different ideas of how you could do the book and the, you know the whole bike the whole imagery around that and i'm i'm just cracking up and i'm like okay there's a, there's a story here <laughs> i go i have a feeling this is going to be the book title yeah but whenever hold on sean because my husband got so nervous and scared about this title yeah yeah and amy can probably relate so <laughs> uh, every once in a while we're at the beach like Kaylee would say, oh, let's get on a tandem bike. Let's go around a tandem bike and let's ride. And I'm like, no, I don't think that's he a good idea. He always says no. Not, that's not a good idea. <laughs> it's a great of idea. Of course not. It's too dangerous, Sean. Oh, and Amy's got some We story have to- one if you want to borrow it. <laughs> oh, thank <laughs> that's you. What, that's what I heard. <laughs> the back seat has never been said, used but once. <laughs> so, yeah, so I was like, I, if we got on a tandem bike, I wouldn't know what to do with you exactly, honey. Because if I put you in the front steering, you Mm-mm. get distracted. And we'll probably hit a rollerblader or something. Well, because it's the beach. I want to. I've asked you numerous times. It'll be at the beach, and you know me. I have to check out everything. Exactly. And, and I always wanted to be in the back because then I could just do whatever I want. Exactly. To do. Which was a problem because she probably wouldn't be pedaling. Oh, see, you get so scared <laughs> that I'm not going to pedal. Like, what's the big deal? I thought Amy was going to put like a Kindle on my back so she could read while we were. <laughs> there you go. Like, put it on his helmet so you don't have to bend over, and then you can just... Unfortunately, our bike, our tandem is not like that. It's not independent pedaling. So if he's pedaling, I am pedaling. I don't have a choice. (laughs) So so tell us your story. Okay. (laughs) So, um, Amy's story here. Yeah. You know, Sean and I used to do a lot more cycling than we have lately, And there's a bunch of couples that were cycling and they had tandems. And I was like, oh, this would be great because now you can't leave me behind. You know, wherever you're going, I'm (laughs) going to leave you behind. Was he always racing you? Was he always racing you? (laughs) No, our our first race that we ever did um, was the MS-150. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but Uh -uh. it goes from Houston to Austin. It's a two-day bike race. Oh, wow. 150 miles. We wow. We were so me myself. I was so under trained, under prepared. Um, I could not even yet unclip my feet out of my pedals. I did realize though, you know those. So bikers take these. They're called goo. It's like a basically like a sugar shot, <laughs> like a little <laughs> packet of gel. So it's I realized just, that if uh-huh. I gave her ten packs of goo, I could get her about ten. five or six miles. <laughs> Before we had to stop over, and I didn't fill her with another 10 packs of goo. Oh <laughs> 10 gosh. packs of goo? So, <laughs> that just sounds bad. I know. That just sounds bad. So <laughs> I thought so a you're, tandem. You're shooting up your wife, basically, right? <laughs> with sugar and caffeine. Yeah. So yeah. I thought the tandem idea was a great idea because he cannot leave me behind. You know, we'll be on the okay. same bike, we'll be uh-huh. together. These races would then be more enjoyable. Um, I won't feel like you've left me behind. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, Sean and I don't have the same cadence when we're pedaling. Mm-hmm. And so I've ha- I had to adjust to that. There's no way he was going to let me ride in front. So I'm in the back. And no, <laughs> my, wait, wait, wait. why can't you ride in the front, Amy? He's not going to give over that control. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no way. So <laughs> my thought is, okay, <laughs> I'm on the back. I'm on the back. I'm on the bike. My feet are clipped in. You hop on the bike and let me start pedaling and get us going and get the inertia going. And then you, you know, as we're coasting, you clip in and then we start pedaling together. No, that doesn't work that way for Sean. That doesn't work. So I'm on the bike. I am clipped in. I am holding my breath, not moving a muscle. It is terrifying. I am giving complete control and complete trust to him. I'm your husband. You As should. he gets on the bike and then he's clipping his feet in. It's like, I don't know what's holding us up. We're not moving yet. I just feel like this bike is just going to tip over. <laughs> I'm balanced. I think, the, I think what really she stopped doing is I got in a race with her on the back and we hit 31 miles an hour on the tandem 
and she's back there oh, with geez. her legs going and finally she's like slapping me so she okay but then it's a communication thing at that point i wasn't paying attention to him and the guy that was riding next to us and they're like chatting oh how fast have you gotten this tandem up to and what do you think it can do and da, 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 da. he doesn't say okay amy are you ready we're gonna race nate over here and see how fast we can get this bike going him and nate just make this deal and next thing i know i'm like dying like pedaling for my life <laughs> They're like, I finally realized what's going on when they're counting. They're looking at our our little gauge on our bike and they're counting. He's like, 28, 29, 30. And then he's like, 31. I'm like, pounding on his back. I tap out. I tap out. And she's clipped in so she can't stop pedaling. Oh, my gosh. You really don't want to do this tandem thing, do you, Sean? <laughs> I think that was the you last really time you've been on the tandem. Yeah, I that think so. That was the last time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh, see, uh, my idea is a little different, Amy. I just want to do like a leisurely beach checkout things. I don't need to be in any races or any, yeah, any of that. It's just a little joy, right? I'm not. A, I wouldn't be as bad as Sean, but I would want to have progress. Let's keep going. Keep going. So, well, so, so that story. I wish I could capture that story because in the introduction oh, of the book, I, I talk a little bit about what I just said about the tandem experience we had. But I, I say, you know, I talk about the fact that just because you're on a tandem bike doesn't necessarily mean you're working well together, right? Exactly. That is true. Exactly. I mean, there's a lot of trust in that. And then uh-huh. you, like I said, communication. I mean, he needed yeah. to communicate what the plan was, what the goal was, you know. She just was, I, here's what happened. We were talking, I, we're like, three, two, one, go. She just, it's that quick. I mean, it's <laughs> that's like, the goal, that's the plan, and yeah, communication. Three, two, one, go. <laughs> that's, that's Sean. That's the difference between Sean and Amy. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Sean's just, oh, there it is. Let's go. Let's go to, we're going to no, hit he's all about miles. competitive, and I think she just wanted to go have some fun, I'm guessing. But that, I mean, that's one thing, too. And, in, in, I mean, I guess a lot of married couples realize this, but in working in business, we learn, you know, we learn a lot of our strengths and our weaknesses and the differences between us. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Sean has an idea and was just like, okay, come on, let's go for it. And I am, I'm... I'm the one that's like, okay, wait a minute. Okay, let's plan. Let's figure this out. Let's, you know, we need this and this and this. And this is step one. This is step two. This is step three. And he's like, no, it's go. <laughs> go. That's right. So he only has one button and that's go. Yes. One yes. Lane. So wow. I also want, so anybody that's, you know, listening right now, I want you to definitely go check out, because you guys have a fantastic podcast. How many episodes are you into? You've got a lot of episodes now. We just published 108 we, we've got about 117 in the can yeah. <laughs> but we're at a one but 108 i think just came Man. out yeah so anybody again anybody that's listening go over especially if you're an entrepreneur whether you're in you know in with your spouse or or not uh, it's a fantastic podcast for really just Thanks. to me business coaching and and but it's power up your marriage and your business yeah so power yeah. up your how to do how to do both sides well yeah so yeah even even i think we even have you know single people that listen because it's not it's not specific to couples. I mean, it's it's a lot around work-life balance. How do you make your business more efficient right. so you can get some time back? A lot of the topics we talk about would really apply whether you're single or married. But right. but yeah, definitely if you're a married entrepreneur, get your life back, strengthen your marriage, have a happy life and a healthy business <laughs> without killing each other. Right? <laughs> See, that's the that's the word without killing each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I don't because the stories, John, that you've told and just the Amy's stories. You know, I'm surprised you're alive. I am too. I'm surprised Amy hasn't killed him. <laughs> and and you live in Texas. She could get away with this. <laughs> yes. So, so so here's the thing. When we were had a business together, I learned to sleep with one eye open. <laughs> and one hand on the trigger. <laughs> That's every night. What are you doing? You're moving. Why are you moving? <laughs> you wore the glass with the wore the glasses with the eyeballs, so it looks like you're you're awake. <laughs> yes. Very slept very cautiously. <laughs> But uh, yeah, oh, we could keep going, man. I won't even talk about the when I, I blamed her for uh, shrinking my clothes. That's a whole nother episode. Oh, a friend, a friend of mine, a friend of mine. He um, he thumb, uh, walked in his house and he had thumbtacked uh, on the on a door door sill 
his tie. But it looked like I wasn't sure what it was at first because all this shriveled up thing. And I'm like, is that a dead salmon? I was like, what, what is that hanging on your, <laughs> on your door? He's like, oh, my wife thought it'd be a good idea to wash and dry my tie. <laughs> so I got this shriveled up tie. And so he thumb tacked it to the store. So that's something that needs to be dry cleaned. <laughs> I want to thank you guys so much for taking the time to come on the on the podcast. It's so good uh, talking with you guys again. And man, I'm telling you, I, I think you have such a huge audience coming. I think I think you're just seeing the very infancy of what you guys are doing because I think you guys have such great content. Now, by the way, I was able to get you know the first the intro and the first chapter of your book prior to you know you sending it out. You know, we got a, a pre-read. Yeah. I'm telling you, that is going to yeah. be a fantastic book when it comes out. It was oh, so it's, it's not Thank only is you. it. Here's the thing: when I I have a problem with writing, I want to write a book as well, but I have a problem with writing because I, again, I just go. I just want the facts. Don't give me the bullshit. Just give me the facts. <laughs> A, B, C. My book should be just bullet points. A, B, C. You know, it's like. It's gonna, and it's going to be tiled. Go. It's going to be one page, go. right? Is that what you're saying? One page. Go. Or, is it, or is it one, two, three, go? Is it go or just one, two, three, go? Well, when she's three, ra- two, when go. We're racing, it's three, two, one, go. It's always All three, right, two, one, go. That'll be the name of your book. <laughs> three, two, yeah. one, go. <laughs> but uh, you have a, such a way of actually talking in story and talking in these, you know. And again, that's not. That's, that's where I need Amy to do. To help with writing. Yeah, so suggestion, uh, two suggestions for you. Number one, get a ghostwriter because um, <laughs> you'll probably be too impatient to write the book. And that's what we did because we knew it wasn't going to get done without it. Um, and it's not to say we were not involved. We were heavily involved with the editing process to make sure it sounded like us and our stories and all that. Um, but the second piece is that get Amy involved to actually share the stories right. because otherwise it's going to sound like a textbook, a piece of curriculum. Yeah. But, you know, a book is, is you wanted to read it. And your stories have to be in there. It'll be because, because Sean, your, your side of the book would be very informative. Amy's will be hilariously entertaining. Right. And then it's a readable book. Right? And she'll have all the details. <laughs> and can tell the other side of right. Sean's story. Right. Right? This is so how know it the really fact, was. get to know the facts. Exactly. Here's how it really went down. <laughs> oh, but thank you so much for, for being on the podcast. And again, this is the first time I've ever, done this i don't know how many beeps i'm gonna have to do how much editing i'm gonna have to do <laughs> no no you gotta put some of this in especially the stuff that before we started <laughs> i might have that have to might have to make the cut as well but thank you guys so oh, much yeah. for, for being great on. stuff well thanks sean thank for you. having us and Amy, great to meet you it's and very nice hope, meeting hope, you and hopefully for cruising through houston and our book tour yes to, you, you guys to have up. to visit houston yeah. yeah see that see that tandem bike oh mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> I can, we'll I can. let you take it out for a ride. <laughs> okay. I'm not getting on with Sean, though. <laughs> Trust me, I'll go me. slow. It'll be good. Oh, yeah, right. Slower, slower. He'll go slower. If he's not going to go slow with his wife, he's not going to go slow with me. So. <laughs> no, thanks for having us on. Yes, yes thank, thank you, you very much. Sure.